Hey guys, welcome back to the Horror You Know podcast. I'm Darren. I'm Ian. I'm Ian. And I'm Trent. And this week we are not quite drunk yet, so this is going to be interesting. We're actually fully sober. Give us time. Give us time. We are working on it. Trent's, <laughs> Trent's got his chips over there. Like I was going to say, we said that, food for podcasting. nobody's really drinking anything. Trent's... <laughs> Doing something with that bottle over there. <laughs> Slowly sipping. Yeah, why are you, why am I the only one drinking? What do you because guys? this is episode okay. number one. This is episode number one. I'm not trying to get sauced. I've got oh, the one, first one. I've got one for awake. each episode. Yeah. Who's got the smelling salts, by the, the way? The Ian's has to have to stay awake on this episode tonight. We've actually got electrical clamps that we're going to put on your episodes. nipples. Yeah, because you fully nap before you come over here. Damn right. Some of us don't have the luxury. A responsible podcaster. Are you giving me a hard time for not napping before movies? I should at least nap before the podcast. So you'll nap before a podcast, but not before movies. Yeah, because it's and then Friday. You fall asleep. And I only work till 10 because it was just over. But today is Friday. Yeah. And you napped. <laughs> so your point is kind of mood. Hey, bitch, it's Sith life. So- <laughs> I said I napped because it was Friday. Because I got off early. Oh. I thought you normally got off early on Fridays. So Ian and Means have napped, so this will be interesting for you and I. I, I took a nap because I, I had a migraine and I had to do a bunch of shit this weekend. So. That's understandable. You and I, I worked just and just I worked and just hosted a party, so I'm pretty exhausted. Yeah, that I awkwardly walked into. <laughs> Which, by the way, let's tell them the good news. Trent, is it was a gender reveal party. Trent's a boy. I am a boy. Yes, we can confirm. <laughs> I am a male. His <laughs> micro penis has finally told its story. Oh. <laughs> I've used that joke twice tonight. One off air, one on air. God, we don't have the the rim shot. But you don't get one. I'm running the controls tonight. <laughs> you got to earn it. But uh, yeah, so baby number two had a gender reveal party. That's awesome. Another so, girl. Yeah, okay. Girl, dad. I don't. I, can you not sound like? Can you pretend to be fucking enthused about it? <laughs> I'm just so tired. Did you hear him? He's like, "Yep, gender reveal, baby number two. God, Goodbye. Stop. Goodbye. Long night. <laughs> Goodbye. No, early morning. We're excited. We're excited. So you are excited. We're very excited. Yes, yes. Means you have all girls. So. I, I do have all girls. I, I space mine out. I have a five year difference between all of my kids. So did you That's ever did you ever have any um I don't want to use the word regret. That's kinda of strong, <laughs> but like did you ever kind of find yourself remorseful that you didn't get to have a boy or were you meant to be a cool um, dad? Well, obviously God put it in my way, you know. I was definitely meant to be one because it happened. Yeah. But uh I don't know. I mean they're all different. They act very uh very different, so it's kind of like I got a little bit of boy in there on a few of them. They're very athletic and, I don't know, feisty, but they still have that girl attitude. So, I don't Fair know. Enough. Ask me in 10 years when I'm dead. <laughs> Trent, why did you look at me when he said they're... <laughs> Along with the means name, you'll yeah. be dead. Trent, why did you look at me when he said feisty like a boy, but with that girl attitude? <laughs> no reason. No reason. 
<laughs> I raised them to be such ass kickers that whoever they marry is going to take my name. So yeah, there you go. They'd be like, flip that shit. Exactly, mother fricker. You're going to hyphenate your name. That's, That's a good thing. Hey, if it was me, I wouldn't even hyphenate. I'd just full on Ian means it. Yeah, <laughs> Ian means. Hey, yeah. I work at the Scarlet courthouse. Of... You want me to help you? I could. That's Please, just some paperwork yeah, just ahead, filled yeah, out. Just go ahead and legalize that. Kind of got a ring to it. <laughs> Ian means. Ian so. means. Ian means well. Yes. <laughs> Ian means. Ian well. means well. We just <laughs> stumbled onto something here. Wow. Killing the game right now. So, so you're saying these two ends are wanting to marry one of my daughters? This is kind of creepy. Yeah, we both anyway. can't. We both can't do it. That would make us like brother husbands. What? It's <laughs> happened. We're we're close to Kentucky, so. Oh God. <laughs> anyway, speak, speaking of ghosting. What a segue! What, what a, a segue. segue! I'm ghosting you right now with my daughter. Um, we're gonna be doing the uh, true story behind a cult classic. Is it a cult classic? A lot of people like this movie. I don't remember which one we agreed to do first. <laughs> we, we're doing I don't 20 either. movies tonight. I'm so. in the dark. What yeah, movie are we talking about tonight? We're we we doing first. The Changeling. Yes, I, I do. 1980. This, I agree. Cult classic. Cult classic. A lot of people like it. Uh, some people hate on it, but it mostly has a lot of stars behind his name. So I had never seen it before we decided we were going to do it. You had heard I of thought it, though, it was, right? I had heard of it, I think, but then there's also that other movie called Changeling that You're is... You're talking about the Angelina Jolie? Yeah. That was Which, horrible. honestly, I'm not going to lie, I didn't know what a Changeling was until we kind of decided we were doing this episode, and I kind of dug into it. I'm I hope you're going to... I'm sure you're going to explain actually, it in your notes. I so. actually you will know. let you talk about that. You're going to let me talk about yeah. it? I just said I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you just said you looked it up. You did well, say that. <laughs> I but didn't know I, no, until trying, I looked it up. Now I well, know. Well, I'm but curious I don't know. to hear. I'm curious to hear your story because. Well, I'm telling the story, but he's saying he about it, but he doesn't know more to in talk the movie than the true story. So we'll talk about that, I guess. Well, because in the but movie, you can explain what the changeling actually is, because he he says it at the end. Trent is bound and determined not to explain the no, definition. No, no, it's not that. Changeling. It's just what I looked up. There were more supernatural background to it, yeah. but in the movie. I mean, it wasn't it was a, at all. It was a ghost, but the actual changeling in question was not. Yeah, they almost used the term wrong in the movie. Well, that's why I'm confused because I don't know if it is supposed to be kind of ghostly or supernatural, or if it's an actual term that's used for. No. Okay, so that's okay. where I, that's where my confusion is. And so we'll talk about it. That's yeah. That's something we'll get into. That's a good point. So here we go. You ready for this one, Ian Wells? Oh, I'm, I'm gonna try to get going. Let's I, do I already it. got one down. All right, so this all started in 1968, the true story. There was a composer named Russell Hunter, a semi-famous composer. He wasn't really famous yet, uh, but he moved from New York City into Henry Treat Rogers Mansion, which is near Cheeseman Park in Denver, Colorado. So if we have any fans out there in Denver, Colorado, you probably already know this story, uh, but... Cheeseman Park is kind of on the northwest Sorry. northwest side. Um, but anyway, uh, he later did an interview and claimed, and this is all claims by him at first, that he rented this estate for the unbelievable price of $200 per month. So you're talking, I mean, it was a fairly large-sized house slash mansion. It wasn't quite as big of a mansion as a mansion, 
mm-hmm. that you would think, but I mean, it was fairly large. It's not as big very, as the movie in the oh, the movie. The movie house. did embellish a little. <laughs> it did embellish it, but I mean, it's still a very large house. Right. Uh, but for two hundred dollars a month, and he says it was because the people that rented it out said no one could live there very long. That's his words. So in February of 1969, Hunter began experiencing strange phenomenon in the house, and it started with just banging, crashing, uh, doors slamming open and shut, um, windows crashing down, banging in the kitchen, stuff like that. A lot of banging going Some on. Some banging in the kitchen, Some banging. Huh? I don't really think so, that's supernatural related, that's though, I is did. it? I mean... I would assume Pots, pans. being a, a single guy, he'd be doing some banging at there some point. Some oh, I was talking about too. clanking of the... What? what? I said there's some piano playing, too. What's that got to do with banging? Uh, not with banging. Banging them keys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, just like the movie, this supposedly happened at, at 6 a.m. and would last just for a few minutes and then stop. Okay. So that's how it first started Who's out. telling the story? This is the writer of the movie, right? This is the writer of the story okay. that inspired the movie. Gotcha, gotcha. I'm with you. So, but he was he was a he was a writer and a composer. So he wrote music and he wrote stories. Ooh, so, I knew I knew it was a writer of some sort. I thought he wrote the screenplay. Yeah. Uh, he also said the walls vibrated so violently that they would knock paintings to the floor. So this is kind of like. I don't know if you know any of the, like the Amityville type story where he talks about the house's, you know, foundation shook so hard it cracked the walls. Like the house is alive. Yeah, so this is kind of what he's saying here. But anyway, he started investigating because that's what all good composers do, right? They start investigating. (laughs) Just like in a movie. And uh, so, you know, he claimed to have found a hidden staircase in the back of the upstairs closet. And he did this with an architect friend of his that came to the house and was studying blueprints of the house, apparently. Okay? Why they went to that detail to study blueprints of a house and why he brought in an architect, I don't know. That's kind of a You're weird part of the story. You're an architect, right? Yeah. You got the blueprints, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, it's kind of an odd, odd thing to do. But anyway... Uh, there was a narrow passageway that led to a secret room where oh. Hunter found the belongings, including a journal of a young boy who had lived in the house a century ago. And also, this is in quotes. if this is a hidden room, why is it on the blueprints? Well, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's kind of weird. Hidden. Well, it was it was part of the original house's structure, but they... Kind of like covered it instead? Like in the movie, they put stuff in front like of shelves it. shelves in front of it? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it'd have to be on the blueprints, though, wouldn't it, to be built? Not necessarily if it's going to be secret, I would think. Maybe the house could have been built and then someone else could have added it later into uh, oh. empty space. I don't know, the, but it was on the blueprints. Well, yeah. in the movie, it literally has like a window there, so you'd have to know where that yeah. room is for that window. Somebody would uh, be like, hey, where's that room at where that window is at the top of the house? Well, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be... I've done that with how, like I've been at a house and I'll like be like, "Where's that window go to?" Have you ever been to a house yeah. like that? No, that's what I was yeah. gonna say. It wouldn't be uncommon for an old like, especially like I grew up in an old farmhouse, and it wouldn't be too out of the way to see. It wasn't uncommon to see a house with a window in it leading to basically nowhere, like what you're saying. Like even like now, like some houses have like a gable window like built up there, 
and it's just an attic, but it's not like an attic where you can get up and walk around or do yeah. anything. It's more mm-hmm. for looks. Yeah. It's just I mean, there's a decorative. lot of those type of houses there downtown Madison here. That right, especially weird. the historic district because it's yeah. required. This is We grew up in those houses. Yeah, it is. <laughs> okay, just letting you know. <laughs> um, yes, we did. We did grow up in those houses. So let's get back to the, we talked about the room. Let's talk about this boy's journal. So apparently he found this journal and he's quoted as saying it was from a century ago. So we're talking a hundred years. We have to remember that it was 1968. So we're talking like 1868. So that's important to the story here in a minute. 1868. Note it down, Trent. Note it down. He's writing it on your phone with a pen. (laughs) So he poured through the journal's contents and conduct and ended up conducting a seance. So he got people in, you know, like early 1900s, like mediums and seances were popular. I was going to say, 60s, they like, really uh, you guys do anything this weekend? No. Why? You trying to come to miles for a seance? Am I? <laughs> You're damn right. I am. So he had this seance <laughs> seance. Say no more. I'm there. <laughs> I'm just saying like, if, if you asked me tonight, like if we weren't doing a, a podcast and you're like, Hey, want to come over for a seance? What'd you do if I just brought out a bunch of candles oh, and put bullshit. them around the table? I guess probably get you're telling leave. me you wouldn't go to a seance. I would definitely go to a seance. I would. Really? I have. Wells? Well, well when you say... Well, wait, wait. <laughs> Wells has. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, where's that story? Well, I, it wasn't so much a seance, but I have played with the Ouija board once. Well, we talked once. about that on our podcast. Well, you weren't here yet. This is the very first episode. Uh, talking about Halloween. Was I... I wasn't there for this, was I? No, I was with my cousin Norman. And Norman Wells? You still said that like I couldn't have been there. Well, I know, but you weren't there this time. It was one day after church, and his grandma... You had, had a one. seance after church. In the well, church. Well, Did you cut heads off of chickens? And we just floated it out, and we just wanted to play with it. And I still <laughs> swear to... Wait, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> At the church? You people are sick. a little girl, and he's like... <laughs> I'm oh, sorry. Wow. Sorry. My bad. So you went back to Norman's grandma's house? Yeah, and yeah. she had a Ouija board for some reason, and we pulled it out and stopped. Get I'm, your mind I'm, out of the gutter. I'm, no, I'm fine. <laughs> we pulled out this Ouija board, and we played with it, and I swear to this day it moved, but we ran out of that room, and we left the Ouija board there, and never turned back, never saw it again. And I'm fine with that. What happened to your grandma? Did she die? She tripped over the no, Ouija board and it was my broke her. Have you cousin. seen her since? That's sad. It was my cousin's grandma. But <laughs> yeah, so he didn't never, give a shit. You've never seen her since. Her? Yeah, I'm talking about the Ouija board. We've never seen oh, her you since. Oh, you went back to the house. You were like, yeah, oh my God, yeah. did your grandma die? He's like, well, she wasn't my grandma. <laughs> He's like, I never looked back. I haven't seen that house yeah, in 25 we left, years. We left the Ouija board there because we could have swore that it moved and... We just never looked back. And Wells is like, my so, game game was fine. So here's an argument I had one time with somebody. Is it Ouija or Ouija? Ouija. Ooh. I've always said Ouija, but I'm by no means an expert. I always, 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 always heard it Ouija. Yeah. I always said Ouija too, but I argued with the guy that Some said people Ouija. say Ouija, don't they? Ouija. A Ouija board? Ouija board. Well, they they, that they it say it like Ouija. they're like, wheat. I've never what? heard anybody put that much Ouija. emphasis on the Saying what? 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 All right, back to our seance. Hunter poured through the journal's contents, conducted the seance, pieced together the paranormal puzzle. This is all quotes from his like article, too, by the way, that I got. He discerned that the resident ghost was a sickly child who once lived in the home and had been the heir to a fortune from, from his grandmother before succumbing to his infirmity. So 
I don't quite understand the story because he is getting an inheritance above all these other people in his life from his grandmother, like a huge inheritance, right? Which the story kind of goes along with that in the movie, but it's not the same story, so it's a little bit different. Who's getting the inheritance in the real the story? The boy who died. The boy. the boy who died that had the infirmities. He was a okay. sickly child, I said, and his grandmother well, gave him the inheritance. He already had gotten it? Or he was going It to said it. he was get, giving him the inheritance. That's so pretty he was, similar to the movie so far. He Everything. was the heir to the fortune. It is, but like... Everything you've said so far has almost been spot on with the movie. Yeah. It just... My point is it doesn't make sense. So we'll talk about why it doesn't make sense here in a little bit. Okay. So the boy's parents were worried his inheritance might pass to another family member if word got out about his death. So he'd already died. They didn't tell the grandma yet. They didn't tell any family members. So the unscrupulous couple buried their dead son in an unmarked grave in a field southeast of Denver... Then they adopted a boy from a local orphanage to pose as their child. Oh, God. Which is, to me, very weird. Like, has nobody ever seen this boy? Like, would they not know what he looks like? That's, <laughs> I'm just Changeling. saying. But anyway. <laughs> this child accepted the inheritance and later went on to great wealth and success, just like the movie. Okay? According to Hunter... The ghost of the sickly boy directed him to the aforementioned unmarked grave, which was now located beneath a house on South Dahlia Street in Denver. So if anybody's in South Dahlia Street in Denver listening to this, you might have some bones of a little boy under your house. That's comforting. <sighs> yeah. Just, sorry. Anyway. Send us a picture and we'll give you a t-shirt or something. Or don't send us pictures. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Speak for yourself there. Sweetie Todd. <laughs> I just want to know if we actually have listeners in uh, Dahlia. Not now. They're Send done. us some pictures of anything. We mean anything. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! We need some some comfort that we're talking to people and they actually like us. Yeah. And especially who's our who's our super fan? Me. It's me, Ian Wells. <laughs> That's true. He that is actually. I, I, I like and retweet everything. You do. You are our super fan. Thank you, That's Ian. Right. I really don't want pictures of anything you have to offer. I love you guys. <laughs> You don't know that. Yeah, you don't know. <clears throat> what you're saying we're your, we're your favorite podcast. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you guys are. You egotistical son. So of a bitch. Out, outside of actual like podcasters in this podcast, who's our biggest fan? What's you her know, name? Oh God, he's Instagramming it. <laughs> you know her name. Just tell I'm me. I'm gonna get it right. Hold on. This is gonna make Pop. her or his day. I think it's a her though. Um, hmm. Shouldn't she's assume not. that. Hold on. We're giving you a shout out, but it's taking a while. So I'll keep talking while he's Wait, looking you no, up. No, it's L- Luna Lenite or L- I don't know Luna Enite. Luna Lenite. That's what I'm going with. Luna Lenite. Luna Luna Lenite. Where are you getting Luna? Okay, let me see it. Give me this. Let Daddy take a look. I'm thinking Luna Lenite. I agree. (laughs) Let Daddy take a look. (laughs) Let Daddy take a little. So there's your shout out, Luna. Thanks for all the comments. Luna's a name. Thanks for all the. Luna's a real name. Luna is not Lunal. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Lunal E Knight. Yeah. 
There's your shout out. Thanks for all the comments. Tell all your friends. And I'm sorry, Trevor butchered your name. Send us send us a video, Luna. If you hear this, we want to see it. Or a picture? Picture, anything. I know a couple of girls who call themselves Luna, but they weren't born with that name, so I don't know what's up with that. Excuse me? Those were hookers, Ian. <laughs> this girl's a classy lady. You... She is not a hooker. How what dare are you, you talking about? How dare you make inference? <laughs> I know a couple of girls that go by the name but don't own that name, so I don't know what that's about. <laughs> what a weird fucking way like, to say that. They weren't born you with know, that name, you but know a lot of... at some point in their life they decided this is what I want to be called. Okay. You know a lot of women whose names aren't really their real names, don't you? <laughs> probably. I'll be honest with like you. Like Sapphire. I'll be honest with you. He was probably stoned and he was watching Bear in the Big Blue House and Luna came up and he was like, <laughs> you're so beautiful. I'll be honest with you. I probably was stoned, but I don't know what the hell else you just said. <laughs> it's because of the weed. Too much. Could be. You can't comprehend. I also blame Mickey's. Mickey's? Those are disgusting. A fine Irish malt liquor. Who told you that? It'll get you drunk. Who told you that? Mickey? Mickey, it says it right Mickey, there. you are not so fine. You're terrible, hey, actually. Oh, Mickey, so you're so fine. And it even has spoon me on the lid, so you can't be mad at okay. it. Okay, let me clear that up. There's puzzles on these lids. It doesn't just say spoon me. You have to figure out the puzzle, <laughs> which is spoon man. Spoon me. Speaking, <laughs> spoon me. Speaking of puzzles, let's get back to this puzzle. So... Hunter and his team unearthed human remains. Now, if you're asking yourself how they found this, the boy led them to the exact house. And they went in and apparently like told them this, and the spirit reportedly threatened to harm the family living there in South Dahlia if they didn't give Hunter permission to dig there. So I don't know if they got that or if Hunter said the spirit's here and they said they are going to harm you if I can't dig. Which, either way, I find this a freaky part of the story. Like, if you're a family and you're sitting in your house, mm. somebody just knocks on the door one night and says, Hey, a ghost boy has been talking to me, and his bones are buried under your house. And he says, I need to dig here. And you're like, fuck no. And he's like, well, if you don't, he's going to harm you in some way. What do you do at that point? Do you call the cops? I would. You'd let him to dig arrest in your house. the ghost boy. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> I would think he was crazy, right? Call the Ghostbusters, I guess. I guess I could see, but like he, he sounds it's psychotic. The '60s, the Ghostbusters aren't around yet. Hmm. <laughs> so, I see what you mean. He's cuckoo for cocoa puffs. So call the police, let them deal with him. But what if he's not crazy? Well. He must. He must have convinced them because they, they, finally acquiesced and let him dig. So it wasn't long before Hunter and his team. So he has a team unearthing this. They unearthed human remains along with a gold medallion inscribed with a dead child's name. Boom, just like the movie, kind of. <laughs> Yet the grisly that discovery. That part's exactly like the movie. Yeah, the the grisly discovery didn't solve Hunter's problem. In fact, the haunting only grew worse. A set of glass doors exploded in Hunter's face, severing an artery in his wrist. God. The wall behind Hunter's bed imploded and crumbled down on, on top of him. Fearing for his life after such incidents, he fled to a new house on Kearney Street, but the hauntings moved with him. Finally, Hunter called in a priest from the Epiphany Episcopal Church to perform an exorcism, which finally seemed to clear the air. 
So there's a lot to unravel here with this story, mm. right? And he later tells this story and goes on interviews. Did you hear that creepy shit? <laughs> I think I hear that? a spirit in my headphones right now. <laughs> I think it's a little Joseph. This spirit of a Walmart truck. So unwrapping this story a little bit, I mean, he's gone to a person's house, convinced them to let him in and dig up the floor. He gets a bones, apparently a medallion still getting haunted after he finds all this stuff. Doesn't know the purpose of why the ghost actually contacted him. It continues to get, he continues to personally get attacked. Finally has to call a priest and get an exorcism. Now we got to remember exorcism usually has to have the church see the signs and stuff. Yeah, it has to get approved. So this this is where I kind of tied in. There was an exorcism supposedly in this story. So this goes along with kind of our theme for the month. Um, but the point is, you know, this is the last part of the story that he tells. After that, you know, after the exorcism, everything went back to normal. So he found out the story a little bit and had an exorcism the boy's spirit apparently dissipated and went away that never bothered anybody and what was the boy's name it doesn't say oh i thought his name was uh joseph that was the movie wasn't it yes in all in all the research that i got (laughs) it never really said the boy's name now that's now we're going to talk about the true story behind the true story Dun, dun, dun 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 so the denver historical society decided to fact check everything in this guy's story all right and what they said was his account sounded very familiar to the movie later on so it's very you know like they didn't change a lot as you see in the movie uh even down to the red rubber ball he even said that there was a red rubber ball that he found in the house that the boy had uh when he was a child so it supposedly had significance and they put it in the movie. But Hunter's claims also seemed they would be easy enough to corroborate and find actual reference to anything he did. Now, here's the interesting thing. You could probably find more corroboration for the life and death of Jesus Christ than you can this ghost that just happened in 1968. Uh, So when we look at what he actually said, number one, did Russell, the writer of The Changeling, really live in the haunted house on 1739 East 13th Avenue for two years in the late 60s? Well, you're going to have to take his word for it because there's no record of him ever renting that house. Mm. Ever. But there's also no record of him not. There are records of people living there during that time. Oh, shit. You I swear, guys, liar. I was there. I was there. Denver's there was city ghost? directories and telephone books cannot confirm that he lived there. Hunter said in interviews that he moved to Colorado from New York City in the 1960s to help his parents manage the Three Birches Lodge in Boulder. According to Boulder City directories, Pearl and Russell managed the Three Birches in the 1960s. Despite their Ellis surname, these were in fact Russell Hunter's parents. He was born Russell Ellis and changed his name because of his vocation. And this name change is substantiated in the 1930 U.S. Census. So they actually went back and looked at his Social Security number and everything just to make sure all this stuff matched up. They were digging pretty deep on this guy, right? Number two, 
In the attic of the 13th Avenue home, Russell Hunter claimed to have discovered a trunk containing a nine-year-old boy's school books and journal from a century ago. The journal detailed the life of the disabled boy who was kept in isolation on the third floor of the house by his parents. Later, Hunter had this seance revealed the spirit of a deceased boy lurking in the home. Did any of the children live in the house on 1739 East 13th Avenue at the turn of the 20th century? At the turn of the century, a childless couple lived there. Okay. A childless couple <laughs> lived there on 13th Avenue. The couple was Henry Treat Rogers, which is what the house is named after. A prominent lawyer and his wife, Kate Rogers, who filed a permit in the city of Denver in 1892 to build a brick dwelling in the Wyman's edition of Denver. Architect Henry Ten Ike Wendell designed the home. Though the children did not have children, they did have a niece and nephew who spent some time living in their home. The niece was Frances Clark Ristine, and he came from Illinois with Rogers when with Rogers when she was ten years old and stayed until her marriage to George Ristine. After living in Chicago for seven years, Frances and her husband returned to Denver after the death of her uncle, blah blah blah. So there was a nephew named Henry Treat Rogers II, graduated from Yale in 1914 and came to work in his uncle's law firm, Rogers, Ellis, and Johnson, around 1916. This younger Henry Treat Rogers also lived in his uncle's house on 13th Avenue. However, he enlisted in World War I and in 1917 never returned to the house, but he died in 1918 in the war mm-hmm. at age 25. So there were conflicting port reports about Henry Treat II's death uh, on how he died, but like it's pretty pretty sure he was 25 years old when he died. So no boy boy ever lived in the house. Now here's the yeah, third know. thing that makes no sense in this whole thing. So I'm I'm at the last of my story here. Okay. He said it was a century old. The house was not built a century earlier. So he is a lot of horse shit going. He on. is like thirty-five to forty years difference in timeline on this house. Now, how do you explain that, Trent? <laughs> I can't. I can't. Can't or won't? Can't. Both. <laughs> Shout. So the true story. <clears throat> this is what I'm going to go out on a limb and say is total bullshit made up by this guy to make himself famous, which he did. <sighs> I feel like they always end that way, and it turned into an awesome. Uh, story for a movie which they slightly changed it had a lot of the same elements but they did slightly change it yeah and uh so that's my take on so it. so you don't believe think. any of this is true i don't believe i believe every bit of it was fabricated pretty much this is what i believe every bit of it was fabricated by this guy to sell the idea that it was haunted and to make himself famous and he wrote a screenplay for it or a partial screenplay so I know you have trouble like believing in ghosts until you actually experience something. So do you believe in like exorcisms and possessions? Yes. Okay. Why is that? It's not that I don't believe in ghosts. I just don't know if they're what we think they are. I thought I made that's that, true. I made you, that you clear. Do, yeah. You yeah. That. I believe that they're there. I just don't know if they're actual spirits of people. Yeah. So okay. I don't know. I just know for a fact they found no facts. The only fact of this story the is Episcopal Church no has facts. no. The Episcopal Church has no record of it. The uh, house was not built a hundred years earlier than what this guy said. You know, and it, maybe he was just saying a century ago. 
and it was only 40 or 50 years ago. But How old was this house? It was about a century. <laughs> it just seems like a weird story when no boy, little boy, lived in that house that was sick. There was no inheritance involved. <clears throat> I don't know. It just seems a little weird. A little weird. Century-old houses are weird anyways. That house that I used to live on, uh, West Fifth Street, Yeah, it was probably about that old, and... It used to do all kinds of weird shit. Like, oh, I remember. Yeah, like even just sitting in my little room up here, like mm-hmm. that one night, the lights just in that room, no other lights in the house were going on and off, but just in this room, they just kept going on. How old off. was the house? At least, At least 1800s. Wiring. Yeah. Wiring. Okay. Definitely. Now explain this part. When the lights do go out, he had a candle lit in there. No, we weren't setting the mood. <laughs> He had a candle sure. in there. We saw three shadows on the wall. There were only two of us in the room. Yeah. Wiring? Oh, it was wiring, wasn't it? Three shadows. I swear. Could have been the light from the candle bouncing off of something in the room and hitting you from another angle. Dude, don't even. I'm just, I don't know. So, <laughs> I, I, won't, I won't dispute so, the possibility. So was it, like, was it Predator? I mean, if it was a ghost, light would shine right through it. It wouldn't show a shadow truth you I, can't I don't know, discount cause, predator cause I, well, I don't know don't if it's know true what it was because I, I, I don't know what the rules are <clears> was for the ghosts. third shadow as well, dark as i know the what the rules are shadows? for science and science says that to cast a shadow you have to have a solid object yeah you're talking about Even science and glass. then we're talking about like we're talking about not science now which you're talking about spirits. science versus faith <laughs> yeah but my point is like if it's casting a shadow which is science if it wasn't science, that means that ghost, quote unquote, was casting a shadow for you to see it. So you don't believe in shadow entities, is what you're saying as well. You're saying it cast a shadow because of the light. That's what you're saying. Well, shadows just, are light. Saying there was a shadow there. It's lack of light. A That's a shadow. Be. There's a difference between a dark man and a shadow. But I'm saying like they they like there's. You're saying you saw of, the shadow, so it wasn't. Yeah, but there's claims was of like caused shadow by the people. Light. So why didn't you see the shadow when the lights were on? Maybe you didn't want us to see it. How old were you? You. What was it? How old were you, <laughs> Harry? How high were how you? Old were you? Uh, I thought you meant like how old are we now? <laughs> how, um, how high were you? We were probably fifteen, if that. Fourteen, fifteen, probably at least. So like, pretty high. They're high on that Resident Evil. So you don't you don't think your your fear and your age and your mind could have played tricks on you to it's see possible. a shadow? Yeah, it's possible. Well, I mean, it's a cool could, story. I like it. I like encounter, the story. I'm really. just you like it because you want to shit on I'm it, or a, you actually like the story? No, no I how, like the story. I, it's a cool story. How was were all three shadows the same? darkness or was the third shadow like a lighter oh, shade? Or are you trying to say Ian cast a darker shadow? Yeah, Why would he? Why would he? <laughs> I'm just saying if the shadow was lighter but still visible then it could have been just light bouncing off of another angle. I, I think they were pretty much about But if they were all the same level of like darkness then that means that the light was hitting whatever it was. I couldn't tell you. I was pretty evenly with up. you guys. <laughs> no, I don't it, it was a long time ago too yeah. so I mean there's a lot of stuff you can't probably speak on. That we'd have questions. Like I said, I I have to. I like those stories. I think ghost stories are cool. I just mm-hmm. I want to see it. I want to, to see believe. it. I want to believe. 
Fox Mulder over For here. For me, I believe like the real ghost encounters are things that happen to you, but you don't realize till after the fact that it was weird. Like, I don't want you to explain that. What if that's a glitch in the Matrix that we're in? It could be. <laughs> okay, like I had this apartment at one time, and there was this hallway, no windows around anywhere, and the windows that were in the apartment were all closed. But I'm walking down this hallway. I walked past the picture of my mother. She's passed away. And I felt like this strong gust of wind, like, come through me. And it kind of just, it felt like a little bit of pressure, but it wasn't anything that scared me or anything. And it wasn't even something I thought about until after I was sitting down for a minute. And I was like, that's weird. Where would, like, a strong gust of wind like that come okay, from? Okay, I see what you're saying. Now. I think that, you told that story once on this podcast. Or maybe you've just told us. Because I definitely have heard that story. I might have told it before. Or... Maybe you're the spirit that's been haunting him all this time. <laughs> I'm like in the walls. That's a good hole. story, though. I, I mean, it almost feels like it's your mother. Yeah. And and that's, and I think that's a lot of like, a lot of people's experiences with ghosts or spirits are people that expect it sometimes, or when they do feel different like that, they they have that spiritual side of them that they go to, that helps them understand it that way that it's a weird experience yeah mm-hmm. not saying it's right or wrong you know i mean it could be a placebo for you dealing with your mom like i realized after the you fact know? after i thought about it that it was a weird thing that happened but also like it didn't scare me or anything but yeah. then again it might have been her yeah it was more like a comforting film traffic is heavy out there tonight <laughs> <laughs> We're coming at you live from the those 405 are, tonight. Those are ghosts and spirits flying by. Now, yes. here's, here's another situation. I had an Aunt Mary on my dad's side of the family who passed away. and uh, Her nickname was Penny. So after her funeral, my brother and I were just standing in his kitchen talking about her. And literally, this Penny fell from out of nowhere. I still to this day don't know where it fell from. but From it, heaven. It fell in between us and landed on hey, heads. Penny's from heaven. Heads up. True story. My brother, if you listen to this episode, please comment on something to confirm my story. <laughs> it's like a poltergeist. You've told two ghost stories that are very similar to poltergeist, the movie. Passing through or passing... Felt com- comfort when it passed Trent, through. What a, and then, what Trent, a plug you, for our Poltergeist episode. Trent, could, you do, uh, <laughs> could you do the lady, that old old feeble lady's voice from Poltergeist? No. This house that lady freaks is me clean. Oh, I was, this house. No, I don't think I can do clean. <laughs> you could. It's a very weird voice. She played a gypsy on Are You Afraid of the Dark? And for some reason, that episode like traumatized me. It made you afraid of the dark? It made me afraid <laughs> of gypsies and little people. So any little uh, people out there, please, if you see Ed Wells, just, just run up to him. Are you just afraid of gypsies? Say, give me your wallet. <laughs> are you afraid of gypsies, tramps, and thieves? Also, the movie Thinner didn't help with gypsies either. Oh, God. Stephen King, you can thank yeah. him for that. Thinner. <laughs> I curse you. Okay. And what do Native American people know about white people, Trent? <laughs> they are afraid of curses, and they love Matchbox 20. <laughs> Matchbox 20. I actually heard it another way. I heard they're... I like Matchbox 20. I heard they're afraid of curses and they love Rachel Ray. Maybe. <laughs> that was the version I was told. We white people, we like... We like. All we do things. like all three of those things, though. That's true. Well, okay, we don't like curses, but... <laughs> We're afraid of them. We're afraid of them. So, back to the movie. You guys... Changed who, all, who, who all... Who all... 
at this table have seen the changeling all, all of us okay we all watched it we all haven't watched it recently it's a uh, 1980 i will give you more deets on that but all i remember is it was 1980 starring george c scott and the lady in that movie was actually his wife at the time, I think. Oh, good for him. So in in real life, that was his wife. She was a lot younger. She was a lot younger, but he was George C. Scott. That dude's a his original stud. gangster. Yeah. So if you know him, he kind of overacts sometimes, but he's very intimidating in his roles. Well, that's what I was telling you earlier. I said, this is probably the calmest I've ever seen him. He's in a very movie subtle. Without screaming. Yeah. He's very he, subtle performance. he was in a one. Was he in the Muppets Christmas? No, just Christmas Carol. Not the Muppet one. Just gotcha. the regular one. I remember he was screaming in that one too. Like he's usually screaming in a movie. <laughs> he was in the, uh, how I stopped worrying and learned to love the bomb movie yes you know what I'm talking about yeah the hell's that not, name of that movie not Dr. Strange Dr. Strange Dr. Strange Love yeah yeah he was in Dr. Strange Love because he's yeah. the one that he's the military guy that wanted to bomb everything he's yeah like, which makes bomb sense let's bomb him let's bomb him and he was Patton he was, yeah. he played he was Patton. General Patton but anyway he was a he played a great role in my opinion in this movie I do I do think for current sensibilities of younger viewers it would be a hard watch because it, it does drag yeah but it's if you like those burn. old style old style movies that kind of it was a hard watch for me have that slow burn really because i thought it was like it was it was kind of like halloween had that slow build to it uh not as intense because you're looking for um halloween is building up the whole michael myers thing and him escaping and like this is an uh, an actual living person that could be around any corner so i get i get that it's a little different i'm just saying the vibe kind of because i felt like the director used a lot of like and i feel like james wan kind of um we talk about him a lot and how he likes to, and spielberg uses sounds and shit like mm-hmm. that i feel like uh this director was using a lot of like music to Kind yeah. of build tones yeah. and stuff, and then the, it's ironically the movie's about a composer. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of kind of cool. I thought that was kind of cool how uh, how music and uh, ominous tones. The There's music, some ominous tones going on. The music on right definitely sets yes, the tone. Thanks. Yes. That's the thing about music, man. It can touch you, but you can't touch it. <laughs> Everything you say is fucking creepy tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yes, tonight. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's not a compliment. <laughs> it is to me. <laughs> It, it actually, I like the way he played the music and then it had that in the music box and yeah. you realized that that was a good little clue that kind of seemed really cool. I wish it would have played more with that, but I thought that was really neat. Well, the music also, like you said, he was a composer, which connected it very well, but it was a lot of piano, which he I was think, a penist. He was a penist. He was a big penist. Mm-hmm. And I thought the music did a good job of being creepy piano music, but also just really sad and just atmospheric kind of. Like yeah. It just kind of set this whole sort of just sad vibe throughout the movie, which it was sad. I mean, it opened with him losing his family, and you know he's struggling with that through the whole movie too. So, which I kind of had a problem with at the very beginning, the way he lost his family. Why was that, that was phone a- booth in the middle of the fucking <laughs> wilderness nowhere? There was no town. It was like that's why, for, and the way that person comes fish tailing out yeah, like that. It's just a weird phone phone booth in the middle of nowhere. That was kind of weird, but yeah. Can't have it all, I guess. 
Darling, you and our darling daughter, please throw play, snowballs in the street while the I go street here. While I, yeah. <laughs> the icy road while, while I go, I go over here. Yeah. Well, Papa will be back soon. I, I do like how they uh, brought about the whole like mystery, and he kind of like figured it out after a while. I like the story of the little boy. Uh, if you look, it had tones of definitely The Shining slash The Ring. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm. And the well and all that stuff. And, like, just figuring out this mystery. So you, you could see, like, it influencing other movies. Even the uh, wheelchair coming down. That's been in other movies where, like, the burning wheelchair and stuff in that one movie. Or the ball bouncing, which is ultra scary when the ball bounces down the mm-hmm. steps. In there, like a, scary, so they I, mean, it's I remember it's been a while since I've seen it. In there, a part where like he gets rid of the ball, and then when he gets like, yes, the ball shows back up. Like right when he gets home, he throws it in like the river because he doesn't oh. be reminded of his daughter. And then the ball shows back up and bounces down the stairs to him. But I do have to say, like the uh, the creepiest part of the movie to me was the first time he goes in the attic. Like walking up those steps, like discovering the steps in general, and then walking up the steps. Now, I'm going to tell you a story here. And this is what I, the reason I connect to this movie a little bit is my mom used to have the same dream every night back when I was little. I was like six, seven years old. And she made the mistake of telling somebody about this dream in front of me. Oh, God. And, you know, I was young. I was, I mean, you're talking. It was probably 1980, maybe 1979, 80. And then I saw this movie at the drive-in later that summer. So it really freaked me out because it connected to her dream. So here's what her dream was. She was in this house and it was a house she didn't recognize. And it was like a beautiful house, a lot of antiques and everything. And I know my mom never listens to this podcast and I tell her not to for obvious reasons, but (laughs) shout out to my mom. But anyway, she wells. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so she uh, she walks around this room and then sees a staircase on the side of the room. Walks up the staircase to the next level, and it's the same room, but slightly different. And she said it doesn't feel cheery or new, with nice antiques. It's still got all that stuff, but it seems more gloomy, and everything looks a little bit untouched, like it's sitting decrepit not quite dirty or anything just weird there's a weird vibe goes up the same stairs next room's the same exact room again this time it's really really dusty with cobwebs all over it so she goes up the stairs again but this time they have dust all over the steps and they get narrow and she says right when she sees her hand open the door and she pulls it open she wakes up screaming and that's the dream. And she had that for like a couple years. What? Is the that same not... dream? Yeah. That's terrifying. I'd wake up screaming too. There was a lot of steps in that dream. So for two oh years, your alarm clock with your mother <laughs> screaming well, violently. Well, does it like doing... well, I hate steps. I, I can't attest to that, but I do know she told her friend Bootsy this dream, and I've asked her about okay, this. Bootsy, she's a town goss. Bootsy. Come on. Hey, can you really trust Bootsy? You, can, I don't you know. tell her you've shown the whole town. Talk to the town. She you told, never had she like told a, her that, and I asked her about it later on, and she told me, yeah, I used to have that dream all the time for like a year. You didn't hear this from me. 
Now, don't tell your mother old Bootsy told you. I'm wondering now, in my mind, did she have that dream before or after we watched that movie? Because my mom's never been a movie watcher. She doesn't like movies. She doesn't like television. She reads a lot. So I don't know if she was paying attention or even well, what watched What does your mother movie. like besides Bootsy? You don't think she would have made that connection? Then? I don't know. Coffee? Coffee? <laughs> uh, I don't know. That's why I'm saying I was like, I was very young. I was like seven years old, eight years old. So it was, it was just, it's creepy to think about because that, when I think about that dream, I think about that scene in that movie, like how suffocating that was. But then I also think back in the seventies, early eighties, my mom was like middle aged. So it's like, she might've been thinking about her own mortality subconsciously. And this dream meant like levels of her subconscious getting older you know, everybody's afraid of death, stuff like that. I know, I always fucking go all psychological and make up shit. That's why we love you. That's why you love me. No, that's okay. <laughs> we, we like learning things from you. I don't even know that's learning anything. It's just my thoughts on it. But my mom had We're these freaky dreams. And it, the, I like we, that scene. We now know that your mother doesn't like movies and she's got a friend named Boopsy. Bootsy, Bootsy Royalty. <laughs> Bootsy Royalty. God damn, that's a fucking name right there. Like I wish I had Bond a friend named Bootsy. Can you change your name to Bootsy? <laughs> Legally, Trent has already offered to change my name down at the courthouse. Ian Means Wells. That's true. Bootsy. Means Bootsy, Wells. Ian Means Wells. God, that's a long name. Ian Means Wells. So you didn't like the movie, Wells. That's what I'm hearing. Bored you to death. I, I was, uh, yeah. It was well, a little slow for me. It is a slow burn for sure. It's it's a creepy. It has that creepy seventies vibe though. Well, I was gonna say, I feel like horror movies from back then were definitely not as like intense. Intense. They were like they were all kind of slow burns and more atmospheric. Like the scares didn't come at you in the form of like jump scares and stuff like that. Until like maybe the slasher movies of the eighties. No monsters really. It was just all kind of. You know, dreary and It's sad almost like and, what a real ghost would be like. Yeah. As opposed to a Hollywood ghost. Which, don't get me wrong, jump scares and, and quick pace scares like that can definitely be scary. But I think when you put yourself in a, an atmosphere that's just dreadful and just sad, I feel like that's almost more scary sometimes. It definitely uh, mirrored his sadness. Yeah. The whole movie mirrored his Like, even when... It went from the brightly shot, even though it was snowy out, it was a brightly shot first scene. And then the very next scene, it was dull. It was in the middle of New York City. I think he was near, near a, I can't remember that famous building that he walked in the little plaza right there and gets in the in the cab. Mm-hmm. Everything about that scene was like gray and dreary. So like it kind of mirrored his. And I feel like if you're going to be. They don't like when we break down movies like this. They're over there like, fuck. <laughs> no, I just like, I was I was looking at you and I was like agreeing and then I saw him out of the corner of my eye looking at me so I started making a face and I went over and stared at him because I could see him looking at me. Yep. Yeah. Our dissertation is as boring as the movie did was. <clears throat> Let's talk about... I would never say that. <laughs> with, to with my his, face. With yeah. his mouth, with his eyes. Come again. To my face. To my face. Let's talk about changelings then. We talked about that earlier. We're going to get into what a changeling well, is. Well, he mentions it in the movie. I'm going to let you, like, did you look it up on your phone real quick? Yeah. Go, uh, ahead. Go ahead and say it. A quick Google search will tell you um, a changeling in European folklore uh, is a deformed or imbecilic, 
offspring of fairies or elves substituted uh, surreptitiously, whatever that means, for a human infant. And hold on, let me bring the rest of this up real quick. And they kind of take over their lives, right? According to legend, the abducted human children are given to the devil or used to strengthen fairy stock. The return of the original child may be affected by making the changeling laugh or by torturing it. Uh, mm. Yeah. The existence of changelings is believed to stem from the idea that infants are susceptible to de- de- demonic possession. Uh, and in medieval chronicles... Uh, and other sources. Fairies are said to expressly prey upon unbaptized children. So the actual idea of a changeling really had nothing to do with the movie except for the fact they were replacing one kid with another. Mm. Right? Yeah. So that's why they called it the changeling. He was like replacing that child to to get the inheritance. But in myth you're saying it was basically a you know fairies would steal your child (laughs) they would steal your child and give them to the devil yeah that's pretty interesting oh those fucking fairies so can you guys think of other places in like popular media where you've seen changelings because I cannot uh there's been some movies where there are changelings have been in Wasn't I feel there... like maybe they did one on one episode of Supernatural I was gonna maybe. say I think there was su- they did about everything on Supernatural yeah. at one point I don't point. think it was a child though see I thought the ch- I thought children were always kind of the theme amongst changelings weren't they? I just watched an Irish film like last year where they had like a kid that died and basically came back and it was a changeling I can't remember the name of the movie but it was it was set in Ireland and they go to this old town and they do this like and it was one of the. It was part of one of those full core revival type movies, you know, like the witch type thing. Yeah. So, well, even that other changeling movie that we talked about earlier with Angelina Jolie, I think it has to do with a kid that goes missing and then gets found, but it's not really the same kid. Yeah. So some sort of swapping going on again. But I don't think that was due to supernaturalness. No, I, I mean I haven't seen that movie, but just kind of reading the plot, I don't think. I think it's more of a drama. I don't think it's supposed to be supernatural either. Hmm. If you had a changeling, Wills, would that changeling actually talk and be more vivacious when we do these? Probably not. <laughs> it talk less? <laughs> Probably. I think so. I'd tell it to. You would speak to your changeling? Yeah. You would You would tag your changeling in to take your place? Why leave. not? Would we see you beside the couch going, don't say anything? No, yeah. say anything. no he wouldn't be here. He'd send the changeling so he could stay home and fucking nap the rest of the time. <laughs> I'm a Gemini, so maybe I am a changeling. Maybe that's what it's all about. So are you the changeling or the real Ian Wells? Nobody knows. It's a mystery, and I like it. So I give that movie, I don't know, seven and a half stars, maybe. I I'm, I was thoroughly creeped out when I was younger. I watched it last night by myself to try to get that same vibe with no lights. And the walking up the stairs scene was still my favorite most memorable scene when he discovers the room that and we didn't talk about it yet but anytime the little boy spoke was creepy yeah that really high pitch just i don't know you remember you remember (laughs) it's been a while but it was it was a good movie it wasn't a great movie you know especially compared to horror films now but it still has like yeah. a deep kind well, it's, of it was emotional a good, it was a good movie and it was fun to hear the true air quotes story behind Gosh. it because 
I'm like you. I think it was definitely bullcrap now, but like, it was almost the exact same story that the movie was. So I agree. He was probably trying to make a movie script, but pass it off like it was real. Yeah. And then it ended I mean, up being a movie because like, almost everything you said was pretty much a plot point of the movie. Yeah. I know it wasn't exactly like that in the movie. They added some stuff to fill it in more, but the story sounded cool. But it was a cool story when you have an, uh, an entire historical society and newspaper <laughs> writers looking up genealogy <laughs> well and then the whole time you were reading the fake true story i kept thinking wow this is really close to the movie like usually when we do this there's always a lot of like stuff that's different yeah and i'm like this is probably one of the closer ones to the movie that we've done so far and then you tell the the stuff at the end i'm like oh. yeah so yeah it's probably probably a lot of bullshit probably well, speaking of bullshit, I guess we're done. <laughs> <laughs> done with your bullshit. Final thoughts, Ian. Thought Ian two. Tear my ears off there for a second. I'll give it like a uh, five. It wasn't a bad movie. I just didn't love it myself. So. Okay. Are you into seventies type movies with that slow burn kind of stuff at all? Like, uh, were- some of them are hard to watch, but you know I appreciate them for what they are. All right. Fair enough. From what I remember of it, I'd probably give it at least a seven. I like how sometimes we review movies and rate them, and sometimes we don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we never know. We when keep we're people guessing. That. Yeah, I don't know. I'd give it a six and a half to a seven, I guess. Right. Not one that I necessarily will want to watch again, but not don't regret watching it either. So there's no bad reviews for it. No, even my five is still decent. It's not bad. I mean, it's got a pretty high tomato rating and. It does have well, I think if we're going to be like it's I in think, the 80% or above I think on everything. Yeah, it had good yeah. it had good reviews. I think if I'm going to be on a horror podcast, it's good to uh acknowledge your horror history and I mean, I don't know that The Changeling is regarded up there with other classics, but I think it's pretty well regarded, right? I mean, it well, was I mean, pretty it, influential. It and, definitely influenced a lot and, of movies that we saw later on that were really good. I mean, I I really like The Ring. And I think it yeah. influenced that movie a lot. I think it influenced, you know, a lot of those uh, haunted house early '80s movies. Yeah. Uh, to mid '80s movies, there haven't been a lot of haunted house. I mean, you could even see it in The Conjuring. You could see elements of this movie in The Conjuring. Yeah. You know, so but those movies, like if you look back on Amityville Horror or this movie or like Flowers in the Attic, even which is based on that book, or. Uh, I can't remember the one with Karen Black where the husband goes crazy and almost kills her. I can't remember what the name of that movie, but that, The Hearse, if you know The Hearse, all those 70s movies have that creepy, slow burn vibe with like a, a lot of weird kind of tension in it that today's movies really don't have much of. Yeah. You know, so it's it's definitely a period. It's definitely from its time, you could tell. So. Mm. But it's good. I like I like watching movies like that every now and then. You know, it follows was kind of like that, wouldn't you say? Like what now? Yeah. It follows. I said For it sure. was kind of like that. Tension building, slow burn. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> we'll say we'll it's follow good. that up with our ending. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening. Make sure you guys uh, check us out on social media. We do need some comments besides besides we suck. Our we su- get yeah, we know we, we suck. We know. We're not great at this, but we're getting better every day. We'll let you people be the judge of that. <laughs> so, 
follow us, like us. We still have a merch store. Hopefully we'll start making some more like cool t-shirts coming up. I really want Trent to design some cool t-shirts and I'm going to start designing them. You guys can design t-shirts too. We'll put them on there. Somebody might buy them. Okay. Okay. Challenge accepted. We kind of need some support so we can continue with this podcast. Uh, Hopefully like, I don't know, someday we're going to do a Patreon, start doing other (laughs) stuff. I know we say that a lot, but we're only 20 some episodes in. I think we need to eventually do it. So anyway, like us, follow us, listen to us, share us. Anything else? You know, I got nothing. (laughs) I thought he had something. You know, I got nothing. I really don't. I don't have anything this time. I'm just, I'm just happy to be here. Well, this has been the Horror You Know podcast. I'm Darren. I'm Ian. I'm Ian. And I'm Trent. So, I thought it was funny. Stay spooky. Ian brings up It Follows and how it kind of follows in the same tone. Didn't you hate that movie? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> why do you say it like that he hated this yeah, movie too so it followed it perfectly <laughs> no you just said I didn't hate this movie well, so I didn't I, enjoy it though. I use like I give it a 5 because I didn't hate it have you ever liked a slow burn movie like name one mm, I can't so you haven't he can't do it <laughs> he likes other things to slow burn I'm sure there's something the slow burn hates his slow burn in the dead of night when the moon is high Shadows dance, the evil rise. The world between the living and the dead is thin. So now is the time to let all.